like Mary Poppins with a heart on, we are cleaning house and we are back here for Category 3 Podcast Succession Episode 4, Safe Room. Uh, my name is James Churgan and I am joined by Meet Shaw here again um, and we are going to break down this episode. was a great intro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm super excited. Yeah, this was a, a great episode. Season uh, season two, episode four. Yeah. And, uh, Honestly, wow. every episode so far this season, and this is both of our second times watching it, so yeah. it's really no surprise to us, but they've been pretty uh, on point, I gotta say. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have been a fan. Uh, Bore on the floor last episode. Uh, but this one is a little bit lighter on the, uh, on the moral depravity. Um, and the degradation of uh, human uh, feelings. Um, a little bit more of a feel-good episode as much as Succession can be. Um, For the characters, I mean, moral depravity and, and this human is degradation true. is still yeah. pretty much there. Maybe a little bit more on the yeah. background than on the forefront. Yeah, We still but, have Nazis <laughs> and human furniture in this episode. But it, it but. does come out as a, as a more... of positive episode for all, for all, almost all the characters involved. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Other than Lester and the... Who's dead. Yeah, and the, <laughs> and the person who shot himself. But right. we'll, we'll talk about that more. Okay, so I'm guessing you, you like this episode as well. Oh yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, once again, great performances by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I should also mention, I just, you know, we haven't really talked about it, but I really love everyone's outfits and like how, how well they, they dress up and everything. Yeah, they do a good job. I mean, yeah. And uh, this episode, too, I really noticed the piano score, it's always fantastic in this, mm-hmm. but I thought this was a particularly good uh, episode for the piano score. Uh, yeah. I think it opens with, like, Kendall going up some staircases That's right. and things like that. And um, I noticed in your notes, uh, Rhea arriving, too. They oh, have yeah. some good uh, piano music mm-hmm. and some good, that's yes. well shot. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sort of introducing a new character. character. So, mm-hmm. let's see. Uh, there's a few different plot lines going on this episode. You were sort of yep. saying beforehand that uh, all of the characters sort of have these separate uh, storylines. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they'll intersect and sometimes they won't. And then this episode, we had a few different storylines going on that didn't really intersect too much. Uh, right. Maybe a little towards the end. Right. Uh, as we get into a little phone sex. But... Uh, <laughs> but um, but the, the, a couple yeah. different things going on. So there's the stuff that's going on in Waystar ATN uh, with Ravenhead, um, and they sort of have mm-hmm. this uh, anchor. And I'm curious who you would think this is based off of, or some combination of people. So hey. my guess was there's this uh, Milo Yiannopoulos. I, I, uh, haven't, I haven't followed him or seen a whole lot of him, but he seems particularly polarizing personality. I think he's been blocked off at least a couple of different events. Right from talking, he's obvious. I don't know if he's affiliated with any of the media companies or anything, uh, but but the person Ravenhead is the person in this show. Yeah, yeah Mark they, Ravenhead. Right. Yeah, and, and Mark is apparently directly employed by AT and. Right. Like, right. So uh, yeah, my so, guess is that it's some sort of combination, combination. of people um, right. because. He's clearly employed by ATN, which is basically mm-hmm. the stand-in for Fox News. Right. Uh, but they talk about how his demographics skew younger, and that's yeah. a valuable thing. They had mentioned in a yeah. previous episode that their average demographics were like 65, 66, which is oh, also yeah. true of Fox News. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but the alt-right sort of personalities tend to not be totally on Fox News. They're more like alternative 
things such as Milo, which I don't think he was ever on Fox or anything like that. Right. So my guess is right. it's some sort of combination of uh, a figure like Milo and and uh, a and couple others, maybe, maybe like Tucker Carlson or Carlson. something like that. Ah, that, that makes yeah, some yeah, more yeah. sense. Um, yeah. What's also um, what I really like is how they're able to tap into like the the really kind of the cultural and political unrest that we have going on right now right. with with you know all sorts of different uh factions that are forming and and the specific ideas that are being dissented in right. in media and across you know across US everywhere right we sort mm-hmm. of see it in the background very early on um, yeah. and it's sort of at the background of the mm-hmm. episode this is not like the primary concern of any of the major players but we see uh, i think Shiv and Tom showing up to Waystar and uh, and they're like, oh, who are these guys? And they're like Ravenhead fanboys. And then right. they look around the corner, and then there's a bunch of people dressed all in black, clearly yeah. stand in for Antifa, yeah. um, uh, that are coming and sort of staging a counter protest. Um, right. And uh, and that's sort of uh, just going on throughout the episode and referenced. Um, eventually, that plotline sort of heads towards the direction where Tom needs to like sort of background check uh, Ravenhead. And right. so they have that conversation, um, and there's some questionable stuff about Ravenhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, he had a, a fascist meeting or something. That's right, and and he gets asked whether he was part of right. a, yeah a Nazi club or something. Yeah, the literal <laughs> quote was fascist meeting, Nazi wedding, Hitler dog. <laughs> well, uh, apparently it's not the same spelling, so so that's okay. Different spelling <laughs> different for the spelling. dog's name, <laughs> which uh, Mark Ravenhead I'm... makes very clear. <laughs> um, and then, and this is a conversation that goes on between Tom and Greg, and Greg had sort of done a little bit of this background research for Tom, and Tom had to confirm that Nazis are indeed bad. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are bad. Just, just <laughs> news kind of, report, kind of how breaking news. Kind of Nazis like how are bad. Tom is against racism. Like everybody is against racism, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, um. Um, yeah. So that's one of the plot lines that's going on, and that sort of gets. Uh, we also learn one last fact about uh, Mark Ravenhead is he has read Mein Kampf a few times, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of times uh, he skimmed it, maybe once or twice. Once or twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's very interesting. Um, um, and I think- you definitely, you definitely like. Maybe you feel a little bit that you don't feel it a whole lot, but maybe you feel a little bit in the episode that Tom's ambitions are colliding maybe just a little bit with his conscience. Uh, but what we can talk about how how maybe Greg is more uncomfortable through this whole situation than, Defin- than Tom, yeah. obviously. Definitely Greg has sort of expressed discomfort. Uh, right, right when they joined the ATN. And I think one interesting theme that runs throughout the show, and especially this episode, is one thing I jotted down was that uh, about just how these characters living in this world, especially the three siblings, mm-hmm. don't really have a grasp on uh, the normal people. That's um, true, and like, including the, the dad, too, I think. All four siblings, actually, and the father, I think. Right, and they just yeah. sort of exist in this different world. But maybe, yeah. maybe um, Logan can sort of understand the world just because he grew up. Yeah. Uh, not wealthy, whereas the other ones, in, in the words of Jimmy Hoffa, mm. never trust a millionaire's kid. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, we have Roman being like, I don't know what the, in the world uh, real people like. And Kendall, who is sort of like has his own sort of like shoplifting subplot, just shows that like 
he is not shoplifting. Shoplifting is a different form of um, expression for him than it would be like probably your average shoplifter. Yep. Yeah, and sort of like an act of uh, acting out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we more of so, a thrill right. than the need and so, for shoplifting to yeah yeah. And so in the case of like Greg and Tom, Tom is also more immersed in this world, although maybe not to the full extent of like Shiv, uh, mm-hmm. Roman, and uh, Kendall. Kendall. But uh, Greg is sort of the audience stand-in, especially in season one. But also season two is sort of like the person that like maybe has more normal sensibilities towards uh, and reacts in the way that maybe the audience would. Right. Right. So, right. Right. Yep. Um, so, anyways, that, that that is going on with the Ravenhead plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, that is sort of interrupted about halfway through, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that is happening at ATN uh, is Rhea Jarrell, who is, um, I think, the CEO of yep. Pierce, shows up. Yep. Um, you had some notes on that. You can feel free yeah. to look yeah. through those. Um, so uh, Rhea Jarrell, played by Holly mm-hmm. Hunter, who is a pretty uh, well-known, acclaimed actress. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't know that, actually, that how popular she was. Um, I haven't done a whole lot of background um, information on on Holly Hunter that much, but um, you told me that she's probably she's been in a few uh, very well known. Um, right, she's about as big as any actor in this. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, um, she's this very small frame. She's not a big person, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it's interesting that she's like. And I guess Brian Cox also is not like a huge guy. The biggest yeah. person here yeah. is is Greg, who Greg. is like also kind of a. This skinny, tall guy. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. he's not very lanky as opposed to like a right. big guy showing big right. personality. Exactly. Yeah. So it sort of has these counter physical presences a little bit. Um, yeah. And like Rhea Jarrell, one hundred percent holds her own against uh, oh, yeah. all of the Roy's. I mean, she is clearly just like from the moment she arrives, a yeah. uh, a uh, foil, direct foil to love. So they him. give her a really great entrance, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Can you describe it? I I just love the way you see you see the. This car coming on the, you know, coming on towards what is Waystar Royco, and it it is a fancy fancy car in my opinion. I I don't know a whole lot about cars, but man, that car looks amazing. Uh-huh. It looks blacker than black. It's shiny, and it's it's just running smooth. And then you you briefly you're taken the camera is taken to the to the, um, protesting that's happening on the background, but uh, the car just swerves right into the underground garage. And then she walks out and she meets Kendall, right? Which which is also a great introduction uh, between the two of them. Um, and um, I love I love how um, yeah, obviously <clears throat> they talk about like yeah how she she's been brought in, hidden from everybody else, and uh, right the way she she says hello to Kendall is amazing. Or she says you must be you must be Oedipus Roy. And yeah. And um, Kendall's reaction, he, he just reacts the most awkward way anyone else, anyone would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he just, he's too afraid to make eye contact at that point. And she goes, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then they just start walking towards the, the elevator or whatever to, to meet Logan. But it was just, just a great introduction, right. in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, after that, they... They go in and, and have a meeting with, with Logan. Right. And that meeting is sort of an interesting, just sort of standoff almost, where they're talking. They don't beat around the bush, but they sort of are mm-hmm. filling each other out. They clearly don't know each other super well, but... Yeah. So important thing to note, there's only three people in the room and they meet. Right. It's it's Logan, Kendall, and, and Rhea. Yep. 
um, just you know a couple other important characters that you would Im- imagine being should be in this meeting are missing but right um, and yeah. it sort of shows you that they're trying to really this is kind of a back channel Mm-hmm. She is it's, doing this without the Pierce's yeah. knowing, yeah. like the Pierce family. We'll get to know in a few episodes. Yeah, and and talking about back channeling, so they they seem like we know that <clears throat> they were trying to do this in the last episode, and Roman kind of went around his dad's back and tried to try to do his own form of back channeling with his girlfriend, um, and it fails quite horribly, and the Pierce family is not happy with with the approach and. It seemed like it was almost going to fall apart until Frank was able to kind of get them back on the horse with Regerel. Right. Um, I mean, and Frank, who is barely in this episode, but has a brief line where he's like, she could be our Coriolana <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> to which Kendall yeah. and Logan look at him blankly. Yeah. And he's like, she switches sides. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he makes some sort of quip it's, about his library card. Fuck oh, off with right. your library card. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Frank's the, the classiest yeah, of the uh, Waystar Royco executives uh, whose clips all fall on, on like, crude ears. <laughs> Not that I would have gotten yeah, that reference yeah, either. I, I don't think I would have so. probably told you to fuck off with your library <laughs> card. <laughs> <as well>. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, um, so, anyways, uh, the, yeah. the other... Uh, so, before we move to the actual panic room... Yeah. Uh, there's well, we should talk about the conclusion of that meeting, right? The right. meeting's yeah, yeah. very quick, short. There's not a whole lot of like niceties exchanged. Uh, Rhea quickly, they try to act as though they're talking about some sort of media strategy or something, but she quickly turns that down and goes, "No, no, let's just talk about what we're we're talk what, what you have me here for, which is to um, you're interested in acquiring Pierce, right. and and she quickly turns that down by saying it's a um, hard and balanced, fair and balanced. Fuck you, or fuck no. Fuck off. Fuck off. Some yeah yeah. Which there is kind go. of a Logan phrase too. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so and that that ends pretty quickly there. Uh, right. Yeah. She's yeah. she's very quick about like saying this is not going to work. Right. Um. And then so yeah they they kind of they kind of dissipate. Yeah. Um, and then she's basically uh, leaving the yeah. building. Yeah. Um. And uh, Tom is meeting with uh, Ravenhead, um, and then right. all of a sudden we hear a shot go off. Yeah, and it's presumably on the same floor with Tom because we That's can right. hear the shot. Yeah, uh, so near the ATM. Pretty loud bang. Yeah, right. And everybody's distressed. People are running out, right. and and both Tom and Greg kind of yeah. uh, run into each other, and they're like, "What the heck's going on?" Yeah. And then a Tom is guy. literally like pushing people out of the way yeah. to show you, uh, uh, which earlier in the episode he had treated people like human furniture, so. <laughs> Not not a uh, not a uh, nice person. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and um, they go to the panic room. Yeah, yeah. The security escorts them to to a room, right. which is a and I'm doing air quotes here, but a panic room. Uh, Greg is real quick to notice that it does not feel like a panic room. It just looks like any other room, and I just love Greg's reaction in this yeah. and his. His panic about not being in a panic room. Yeah, his panic about <laughs> just, the bad panic room. This is not a panic room, and and Tom still, uh, it, you can tell that Tom hasn't grasped that this is this is not a panic room. It's just a office room where where other employees see, sit. You can see some people are actually working on their computers or by their computers. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, um, and Greg literally calls it a ship room. <laughs> uh, he um, talks about how they could potentially be gassed. 
That's right. The yeah. That yeah. When yeah. you think about panic rooms, you should talk think about like yeah, all the different scenarios that perpetrators <laughs> might try to get in, and yeah. yeah, obviously the room's not airtight. Uh, he points to a little. There's obviously windows that are not great. Uh, yeah. Or glass windows, and then he points to a little, like air vent or yeah, yeah. something at the top of the room, and goes a little attack kid an attack child attack child could could come through <laughs> because yes that's yeah that, that's how like attackers plan right. their attacks take an attack child to um kind of <laughs> yeah. send through the well, fence yeah. i don't know if you've seen the other hbo show barry i um, have not but in season two there is basically a whole episode with an attack child that oh would, wow okay. would definitely oh okay would, all right. uh, assault them uh, through that vent and probably kill them all. Uh, so maybe maybe Greg has been watching Barry or something, and so he knows he knows what's up. Understandable, Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Attack child. Um, I just I literally fell off my chair uh, laughing at Greg's reaction. I just, yeah, I loved it. it. It was very realistic. It was very. Um, it was funny. Right. And so meanwhile, uh, while. They are in the weaker panic room. We had to yeah. see the real panic room, which is yeah. on the executive level, um, where That's right. Logan, where Logan most likely sits, where uh, he probably also had a meeting with Rezirol. I mean, the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so who who ends up in that panic room? And in that panic room, we see we see Logan in there, uh, uh, followed by Shiv really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, no, before Shiv gets there, Rezirol is already in the room, right? Uh, she comes in later, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if she comes in I before or after Shiv. Logan's one of the first, though. That's right. Yeah. And then Shiv and Rhea, and then quickly after that, we see Kettle. Yeah. Also who, who, escorted, who, who was on the roof again. Right. Who this whole episode is kind of like pensively staring off the rooftop where you're sort of like, ooh, I don't know if this guy might be suicidal. <laughs> uh, it, That's, yeah, Kendall's definitely at different emotional level than yeah. most other characters, for sure. Right. Um, um, so... Yeah, those characters there, and I think eventually Jerry comes into the panic room as well. Oh, that's right. Yes, Jerry's yeah. there. And can Her you presence just... is very kind of on the sidelines uh, for sure of yeah. what happens next here. Right. Um, um, so what can you describe that panic room? It is, it is what I'd imagine a panic room to be, but it is also it looks very comfortable. It's great. There are couches, big TVs. Um, man, it looks like. A almost like a party room. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I have a room that big in my house anywhere. Uh, <laughs> it's a very very nice panic room, and it feels secure. Obviously, there are no windows. There's m- multiple uh, security guards watching it, and then it seems like you have to get through two different doors to get to the inside. Right. So yeah, so there's additional level of security there. So it feel, feels like a proper panic room compared to where uh, Tom and Greg are for sure. Right. And honestly, I actually got some uh, Parasite vibes, a movie that came out in 2019, Ooh. just of like the physical hierarchy of these different places. Uh, Parasite, uh, a movie where, mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. Korean movie where it's sort of like the basement occupies sort of a different like hierarchical mm-hmm. level than, uh, than places uh, higher in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just in Seoul City. So mm-hmm. I thought that was sort of interesting uh, comparison, just sort of how like, there really is a hierarchy to these panic rooms and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, the other one clearly wasn't a... It was a make-believe panic room. It was a room where they can kind of just hide, it seemed like, as opposed to right. a panic room. Um, yeah. But I, I, I love that comparison, actually, because um, 
what's interesting is even though they're all at the executive level, there's still different levels that you, you, you can clearly identify that they're at. Right. Right. Obviously, right. forget the guys. Well, don't forget, but obviously we don't like there are people protesting down there out on the streets, but there's just this level of hierarchy just within Waystar Royco. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 And sort it's of like obviously clear. Yeah. Sort of like a person who has ten million dollars might think they're poor compared to a hundred million, or like Tom Steyer is poor compared to Michael Bloomberg or something like that. <laughs> uh, if we're to tier the levels of richness. Yes. Um, and there's actually a third panic room, um, which is kind of a joke. Um, it's just the room that Roman gets taken to when they're not sure if there's a threat on the family. That's right. Uh, and and he, he he's he's just so bored. He's like, yeah, take take me get yeah get me the hell out of here. I think he's also basically. a little nervous. I don't think he wants to see how his pitch is received. Ooh, okay, yeah. that's um, an interesting observation. So we should come back to like the whole right. Roman. Right, uh, arc. So yeah, there's basically two side plots going on yeah. this episode. Maybe this is a good time to come back to Roman's one. So Roman basically okay. has yeah. signed himself up for management training, which is yeah. just sort of like your normal. Uh, I'm working at Waystar Royco. I'm doing well. I, I'm yeah, literally an employee training. of. It seems like it seems like um, they've gathered a whole bunch of employees who right signed up and then were were brought in to do some kind of management training. So right. Uh, so as to move forward, uh, yeah, move out and forward towards a better career, possibly. Right. Um, so a we'll, couple of different aspects to it. One of this is, this is great for to see Roman uh, in management training. This is where I feel like this is uh, this continues on from the previous episode. Um, his dad yells, Logan yells at him and calls him an idiot or a right. moron, which yeah. he really takes it to heart in front of a whole bunch of people. Right. Throwing bore on the floor. Uh, and then Jerry, so yeah, yeah basically having a terrible Jerry episode tells him. Sort, of, sort of suggests it as a way to learn and to relate to normal people, sort of yeah. going back to that, one well, of those, those central themes of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, but, and, and while also, uh, during which time Roman also hits on Jerry, very, very weird and awkward, um, yeah. yeah, conversation, and then, um, awkward for you, maybe. <laughs> Sure. Uh, and then, okay, so then Jerry suggests the management training, and uh, yeah, I love that, that um, and this episode, Roman actually yeah. does and, follow this advice. Um, and so it sort of yeah. starts, the management tra- training starts, and he uh, they show an intro video with Waystar Royco. Yeah, and it's sort of another like, aspect of the training, which right. is great. Yeah. We see Logan Roy talking, and then eventually Kendall Roy says something, and then it cuts to Roman. Yeah. And then it looks like they just cut all his lines. Yeah. So, so he immediately has to call Jerry and complain about this. Right. Um, we also get a little bit of a little bit more I don't know if information, but a little bit clearer picture of what the Waystar Royco conglomerate is. Um I love that yeah, the way they talk about entertainment, news and resorts. Um and I guess resorts or entertainment also includes like um cruises and whatnot. Right. So which yeah, you hear that reference. Yeah, we have a very um, executive level point of view here. We don't yeah. really have a great feel for what the, the whole organization is now, just because yeah. the people we see are at the top of the top. Right. Right. Yeah. So that is interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Right. Um, uh, we get to see um, Roman uh, dress up in a costume. That's right. Give that's some right. Uh, give some good relationship <laughs> advice. Talking about outfits at the very beginning of this show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, following up and just. Yeah, that is, um, he literally, yeah, 
tells the couple to figure it out. It's a very sorry or sad state of affairs that they're they're (laughs) in. Roman of all people is he's the one giving relationship advice. I Uh, love that he actually literally goes out in the field and is is made to dress up in in whatever that theme park is and and has to do the work right along with all the other people. But we also don't see that he gets out of it. So some a little bit of respect to Roman there for uh, sucking it up and doing doing it. Yeah, which is I mean, like, yeah. the thought of doing that for me would be kind of, yeah. kind of, uh, I, I would prefer not to do that. <laughs> I, Prob- I, I probably the same here, yeah, for yeah. most people. Yeah. Uh, after which he meets his, uh, his new buddy through the management training. Right. Yeah. Um, I forget the character's name. Yeah, me too. Um, um but really cool guy. Um, kind of, love, a, kind of a different sort of fellow. Yeah. I love the calmness and sort of the counterbalance he brings to Roman's yeah. just craziness. And they seem to kind of hit it off, become partners, and then they, they have to do a pitch, which, yeah, they, which apparently goes pretty well in his management training. Right. And what is the pitch basically? It's like on video games or something. That's like right. That? A VR move to, kind of have you, as a as a user or enter- person engaging in this VR be put out in middle of like a D-Day Normandy beach right. uh, type violence and <laughs> I love I love so his partners the way he describes it is something like no nobody ever went bust underestimating American uh, people's uh, interest in violence <laughs> <laughs> true true uh, and here I have the quote of his friend who he meets I'm there and then I'm gone I'm intellectually promiscuous but culturally conservative <laughs> I work hard, but I don't play hard. I play easy. Why would you play hard? <laughs> I, can, I can see why Roman likes him. And so Roman eventually, at the end of this episode, tells Jerry that he wants to fast track this guy. We, we hear that twice in this episode. We'll talk about the second reference of fast tracking. Right. It, it's basically the family's way of promoting their friends along with them. Um, it's a very interesting phrase um, or term. Brian uh, uh, is his name. Brian. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. And, uh, and he introduces, uh, Roman introduces himself as Roy Rockstone. Ron Rockstone. Ron Rockstone. <laughs> very solid name. <laughs> Which sounds um, like a name that the guys would have come up in Boogie Nights, like Mark Wahlberg or something. <laughs> like Ron a porn star name. I'm Ron Rockstone. I mean, that may even be solid. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then... Uh, let, might as well continue Roman's rest of the um, thing that he does. Um, Roman um, tries to have phone sex with like a Tabitha. normal yeah. with with his girlfriend Tabitha, yeah. where it's just he he can't seem to connect with her. He just he's just like he's he's, he's always he's the weird one. Trouble having trying to get it on with Tabitha. Yeah, uh, when they're in direct contact, obviously, but now over the phone, he's also having trouble. Which kind of imagining and having, yeah. Which I guess would be not much of a surprise, just <laughs> considering uh, what we know about Roman. Right. Uh, and immediately after his failed attempt at having sex with, or phone sex with Tabitha, he calls Jerry and uh, talks about his day, which, which seems to lift his spirits. And then at the end, it just goes sideways in my opinion or, or goes the right way according to you I <laughs> yeah. um, but Roman basically is very into it yeah Roman's very into it and he he jokes about it seems like he's joking to to Jerry it seems like he's joking about 
is going to start having masturbating over the phone, and and, and then, then he does actually does. And Jerry, I, I am so confused with Jerry's, um, like, involvement yeah. in this because she's she kind of first has like a very bemused expression, like she yeah. can't believe what's going on, and then she starts to like insult him, yeah, um, but in like a way that is just turns him on more, yeah. And, so and, they basically yeah. have very strange phone sex. sex. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> Jerry doesn't have phone sex. I don't know. She's just... Well, I, yeah. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. And obviously there is an age difference between the two of them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very weird to me. Right. I, I don't want to disenfranchise people that might be interested in this, but... Um, um, it's yeah. very funny, but also a little disturbing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and then, finally, the other side plot, the last one I have written down is uh, Moe's Funeral, which yeah. is basically Connor Roy and Willa. Uh, sure. Their subplot. Yeah. Um, so, everyone is supposed to go to the funeral, but right. because of the lockdown that happens, uh, which I guess we should talk about briefly, just an employee um, basically kills themselves, which we learn later. But we hear a gunshot, so basically everyone goes into the lockdown, yeah. um, which prevents them from going to uh, Lester's funeral. Yeah. Um, and we learn a bit more about Mo, Mo. Uh, like his real name, right? And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's uh, a man from a different time. Uh, as yep, Connor keeps all, wanting yep, to say, "Yep, yep." It's his way of kind of ignoring the obvious in front of him, um, or maybe yeah. Um, yeah, Willa, Willa just says, we're very sorry about Mo, and his wife just goes, Mo? Like, what are you talking about? And then... Connor pulls her aside. Said, and then goes, his name was Lester McClintock. Mo Lester. And it is just the most cringe yeah. moment, I think, in the right. whole episode. Where and, and meanwhile, Connor had written some sort of speech that talks about for, like Lester touching people. That's right. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, and it's uh, yeah, it's, and, and it's he was disturbing. also part of the wolf pack. Yeah, uh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> but show show like very real when compared to like different issues that have come out with different media companies. Right. I mean, you know, protecting their employees. Right. And, and uh, certainly at the highest level highest in the sense. I mean, yeah, a pop product of the Me Too era, uh, just sort of like very cringy uh, sort yeah. of stuff. Um, and it sounds like these this Wolfpack and, and Lester are sort of at the uh, the most uh, depraved, really. Absolutely. And yeah, we yeah. don't totally know what exactly was going on just yeah. in that. But we also learned that... Uh, so Lester, no, Lester was also supposed to be, part, like, the guy who owns, or who ran the cruises department right, or something, right, right? right? And we know that there there had to be papers that had to be... right. Uh, paper trail that had to be burned Good or point. Yes. So we, gotten rid of by yeah. Greg. So we learn that that sort of reconnects all the plot it's, lines it's together. It's really well how they yeah, yeah, connect yeah, yeah. everything and bring together. Yeah, so we know, learn that Lester ran the cruise division for a long time before yeah. the guy that handed it to Tom oh. took over. Right. Um, Tom so, just seems to run into a lot of bad luck. First, Lester, now uh, with ATN, he has Mark. Yes. Um, um, so that thing is going on, um, and uh, I think at a certain point, uh, Connor is, starts out very excited about going to this funeral, talking about how he yeah. has a, a donor boner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which he, does he still, no, he's, he's just, at that point, he's just, he's not doing a whole lot of campaigning. Right, he has just yet. released his Instagram uh, announcement that he's That's going right. to be running for president. But, uh, so he's basically looking to make a splash. Yeah, and uh, get out and there. And then he runs into um, 
Michelle Pantsel. Yep, who's and, writing a book, and we learned from last episode, Lester was a big source of hers. Yeah, and and she tells her, basically, that she's looking forward to listening to uh, Connor's uh, speech right. about Lester. But before that, they also talk briefly about whether he wants to uh, commit anything on the on the record yeah. to her. And his response, which you really like, is... <laughs> Connor Roy was interested in politics from a young age. <laughs> Do you have anything else that. to add? Connor Roy, Roy was interested in politics from a young age. And he, it's That's just a repeated line. Right. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I just love how, how sort of blind-eyed Connor is about his political run. And it's like, okay, yeah. sure. And then, again, we sort of have this moment where we realize how out of touch they are and how Will gives some very smart advice, but maybe also common sense advice to Connor to basically uh, watch what he's saying in the speech. She basically rewrites it for him to be like, uh, I don't know, how would you describe that? Well, Willa is actually the one who kind of protects him because she, she, A, she, like, tells him not to speak or avoid, you know, just making any, like... She's ready to leave, basically. Yeah. Obviously, she's also kind of re- probably uncomfortable from the situation. But right. Yeah. And then um, she she protects him by fixing his speech. Yeah. And I just love that Connor still goes up, but says absolutely nothing while saying a whole lot of just bunch of words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Lester like a, was a man. <laughs> when a man dies, it is sad. <laughs> His wife is now sad of 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a speech a first grader would write. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, but uh, when Connor sort of realizes that he's in a really tricky situation, which Willa eventually helps him out of. Uh, he he says uh, so like his family's not there. And he says, "Why can't I be the one caught in the lockdown with yeah. a maniac?" Jesus, yeah, <laughs> another yeah, good quote. Is, yeah. Um, okay, so okay. Uh, and that's just about the end of the episode. The last thing I have on is that eventually Rhea Jarrell. Uh, we should of, talk about that discussion maybe a little bit more in detail because we kind of moved away from the right. safe room discussion, and I, I really enjoyed how it really progressed. So the sort of Rhea, Shiv, uh, Kendall, Kendall uh, Logan yeah. discussion where she's sort yeah. of getting triple teamed by those three. Yeah. But she handles it. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like the, I guess the dynamic is that Rhea's, Rhea's in middle and she's kind of getting posed from two different sides and like one side is Shiv kind of coming from a, a maybe a sentimental sort of more a pers- PR slash perception slash kind of feelings perspective, and there's the Logan and Kendall side where they're just throwing money at her. Right. Um, and and the then, Logan and Kendall, you could tell it's a far more sort of well-oiled machine where she... Yeah. It's unclear how necessary she is. Uh, she provides some stuff. Yeah. Logan also at points throughout the episode seems pretty annoyed with her, so she's sort yeah. of figuring out her place in the company. Yeah. He... Yeah, he, he's annoyed at the previous conference room meeting with her, but then, yeah, he... So, it's interesting how things go here, because it almost seemed like they three, the three of them are sort of working in conjunction to convince Rhea for a moment. Yeah. And this is where I also like where you where you referenced early on in the episode about the, the piano pieces and how mm-hmm. the music plays in the background, and how just kind of the hammer drops and there's pin drop silence when Shiv says something that just offends Logan completely. Yeah. Um, so there's the whole like 
yes, money versus sentimental uh, thing between Logan and Shiv, and then um, and then all of a sudden the moment Shiv says or Logan says, "Do you trust me to raise your all?" Shiv goes, "It's not about you, Dad. We have to put something in place that they can trust in terms of process." Because Shiv's thinking of her taking over yeah, in yeah. our future, but Logan does not want to let that on to Rayajarel. Yes, and um, and sort of like she's kind of a part wild card, at least from Logan's perspective throughout yeah. this episode, where yeah. it's like she's yeah. not totally on the same page with Logan. Yeah. Whereas Kendall, uh, he he's worked with his dad so much that he knows exactly. Yeah. Well, what he's he tried to go against him twice now, so right. But basically, what ends up happening is that they do end up working out uh, sort of. A yeah. light plan going forward. I don't know how yeah. to exactly describe, but they worked out. But it's well, more they, of an agree. It's not an agreement, but it's more moving forward than what they had previously talked about. Well, Rhea. What's interesting is what comes out is, Rhea starts to become more and more positive, and they basically wet her appetite solely on the basis of I think more money. I think so, like yeah. it starts out with like principles and fair and balanced. Fuck off, and all that. And then it comes around to like, no, no, business would work, this works, the synergies are there, all of that. And then it's literally like, it's interesting that Rhea's perspective is maybe focuses a lot more on the money. Yeah. And and maybe that was her playing a hard bargain, driving a hard bargain by, by saying no. But, and, and look, this is super important for Logan apparently because it, he thinks that this will get... Waystar Royco out of the the bid that they have from the external company from Stewie yes. and right Randy too big to yeah to acquire acquire it that yeah way. yeah um so <clears throat> so they yeah they sort of wrap that up um and yeah. uh, we are sort of promised that we'll see like Ray Terrell and the Pierces in the future yeah um and then the episode sort of winds down with the phone sex and then also Kendall and Shiv have a conversation at the end that I think yeah. is worth noting just because it's like. Probably one of the most emotional moments of yeah. any episode, this season yeah. at least. Um, yeah. Obviously, the end of last season was pretty emotionally fraught, but uh, this epi- this uh, sort of Kendall and Shiv have not exactly a heart-to-heart, but a pretty uh, strong conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, Kendall doesn't delve into much. But we should talk about maybe a little bit of the previous episode where... You almost think like Kendall is moving up in this world again. Right. Where he gets, you know... he. Like he does the. He's being effective. Of, yeah, yeah, he's very effective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got a de- desk next next to his dad. Uh, he's being effective. He's kind of, he kind of, I don't know, pushed, but he caught Roman trying to do something which messed up the deal, so pushed Roman down. Right. Um, he gutted Walter. Yeah, he like, got a pretty cold buttedly. Yeah. yeah, and so got a desk next to his dad, and then here we see him in this episode. We see him kind of get his dad the the most wanted deal that he has. Right. And it. But really quickly, it turns out that he is literally a means for his dad to achieve certain things. Mm-hmm. And as long as he doesn't cross his dad, he is fine at this point. In fact, he thinks that if I wasn't helping out dad and if I wasn't being effective in business right now, I don't know what I'd be for. Right. And he sort of confesses that to Shiv. Shiv. Then he also says that it's not going to be me, uh, yeah. which is... Uh, I mean, I think it's from a very the, honest yeah. heart to heart between the brother and sister that none right. of the siblings have, we've we've seen. Right, and I think you made a smart observation earlier where you said that sort of from outsider's perspective, it may look like Kendall is doing very well 
like in yeah. kind of an inexplicable way because yeah. everyone knows that him and his dad had a ton of tension last season. Oh yeah, and and all of a sudden they're back together, yeah. and it's like what's what's going on? Yeah, um, and uh, we yeah. know the backstory of that because we know what happened at the end of episode uh, season one. Yeah, but the other characters uh, do not, w- with a few exceptions, yeah. and so Kendall doesn't tell Shiv exactly what happened yeah but he does tell her that he knows it's not going to be him in succession yeah and that sort of clears the air in the sense that like these two don't need to necessarily be competitive yeah. with one each other yeah. one another um probably a couple of reasons why Kendall doesn't uh, tell Shiv the details maybe one being like he just doesn't want to implicate her like legal yeah. reasons he doesn't want to put her in the crosshairs of what if things kind of still come back to haunt him. For sure. Um, second could be that he wants to protect himself and he doesn't want to give off additional information about him being compromised. Right. Sort of opens himself up for but some I think maybe, blackmail. Yeah. yeah. I um, think maybe the third might be the most obvious, which to me is like he's just embarrassed about what, right. what he did. Yeah. He's just very... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, and we can tell that it really affects him. He might be the most moral character on the show, which says something about the show, because yeah. uh, he's not exactly like an upright citizen himself. But uh, right. uh, one thing we forgot, I realized, is the um, uh, Tom and Greg. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Panic room two. Right. Um, so they at yes. some point oh. they uh, Tom ba- or Greg basically tries to break up with Tom in the panic room yeah. with like seven other people there. Yeah. Or something, and like obviously the security yeah. guys there. Meanwhile, and a small child could I, sneak up on them and attack, attack them through the window. <laughs> attack child, yes, yeah, an attack child. <laughs> um, you know, for I love how it how it how it unfolds. How like Greg just like cannot deal with this on his conscience um, with like the the things that are happening, and like eventually just this possible attack but turns out to be a suicide he, he's, they still don't know at the moment when he tries to break up but he just can't handle it right and um so he um, basically tries to move out of working for from Tom ATN right. and Tom right yeah. and and do something else within Way Star Royco but maybe something a little bit more a little bit less more moral com- morally compromising yeah. um but um you feel bad for te- Tom just for a brief minute because if you remember Boar on the Floor, he actually protected Greg. He did. And True. Where, good point. Yeah. I, I so that. I feel I actually feel bad about him for that minute and a half where while he absorbs and he tells Greg, Are you trying to break up with me, Greg? Yeah. I just love the conversation too where where it's like it's not like it's not even metaphorical. He talks like they're dating. Uh and Yeah. Um, I mean it's kind of a, an abusive power hungry relationship too. Yeah. So so but but we also know that Tom could be very, very mean. Uh, obviously seen by him making the, the one of the guys a human footstool in earlier in the right episode but he has not done that to Greg yet he's 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 been verbally abusive ish to right. Greg but he's never kind of physically done although he starts chucking water bottles and at then him. it turns and yeah. like you you go from feeling bad for Tom to just going just I don't know I, I just like yeah. wow okay Tom just can can keep reaching below um, below the belt thing. right I mean he punches down it's yeah. like yeah. all the other characters can crap on him including his wife so much yeah. and then he punches down yeah. to the one person he can Greg yeah uh, and just yeah it is yeah and, and he and I, I it's maybe not the funniest time to laugh but like 
I love when the security guy is trying to and break other people yeah. to break him up, and they're like, "Stop! This is executive level." Business. And <laughs> yeah, then he yeah, just yeah. Keeps hitting. Greg Back off! This is executive level business. Yeah, that was. Great. And then he just yeah. starts hitting. Yeah, <laughs> very very dark dark humor here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, um, but their storyline basically concludes with them getting out of the panic room, and then uh, and then. And then this is the second time we hear fast tracking. But right, right exactly. Um, uh, and so Greg basically says, "With I don't really want to bring up this uh, leverage, um, but he basically ends up yeah, he's blackmailing not blackmailing blackmailing him. Yeah, by telling Tom that of the documents he saved uh, saved some of them. Yes, and they actually end up kind of making up from that. Where Tom basically well, Tom's just so proud. He's like, yeah. "At a boy, <laughs> yeah, like you're learning, buddy." And and and. Again, yeah, and he, he, he's like, I'm going to fast-track you. Loads of money, uh, awesome office or something, and a bunch of, like, bunch of material stuff to uh, kind of continue to keep him. Yeah. It's very unclear. So I guess, like, yeah. Greg is fine continuing with Tom as long as he's, like, really fast-tracked. Well, he's, he seems semi-happy about him. It, like, yeah. I, like, obviously, what are Greg's options, like, get the hell out or continue to rise? Rise, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, but they basically end up sort of making up. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of strange in the sense that blackmail somehow results in this weird thing. It's a very um, counterintuitive yes. thing that occurs. Uh, okay. So I think that just about wraps up this episode. I think we've gone on a while. So let's quickly go through some of these uh, other uh, basically categories. So the funniest line comment of the episode. Uh, so gobbledy go fuck yourself <laughs> from Roman while he's dressed up in a costume yeah. uh, giving uh, advice to them yeah uh, yeah Coriolania uh, fuck off with your library card, card Frank that's uh, pretty funny yeah like uh, Mary Parpins with a heart on that oh god <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, fascist meeting Nazi wedding Hitler dog <laughs> yeah yeah uh, um, Connor you must Roy. be Oedipus Roy Oh, yeah, Oedipus, yeah. right, yeah, good one. Connor Roy was interested in politics from a young age. Repeated line. <laughs> Why can't I be the one caught in a lockdown with a maniac? Oh. Uh, back off. This is executive-level <laughs> business. Um, I don't know. What's, what it's really tough. They're, there's, they're all really, really good. Um, nothing specifically stands out to me, though. Yeah. How, how about you? With, um... I, I like Mary Poppins with the heart yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good, I think. Um, Should we go with that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mary Poppins with a heart on. All right. So. Funniest line of the episode. We got winners and losers. Uh, who do you have here? Um, winners. Let's see. Um, well, almost until the end of the episode, we think, we think maybe Kendall is a winner, but not quite. We kind of. Right. We kind of understand the underlying underlying setup there like um, he's an extremely depressed person right now yeah, yeah. Um, for Roman there's no way nowhere to go but up so maybe he's a winner there yeah I actually had both of those guys penciled in as winners uh, okay. Kendall obviously it comes with some caveats but yeah. like as far as like doing stuff and like yeah. back channeling and stuff he was pretty effective this yeah. episode maybe previous episodes he he was a more ambiguous winner in general yeah but to me like maybe it's it's maybe a little bit more clear that he's not Right. The winner, winner. I mean, he seems to be contemplating suicide constantly this episode, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a great place to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Roman, as you said, I think he had a good episode. Uh, yeah. 
even gets he's, to get off at the end. There we go, yeah. yeah. Um, finds his uh, He is in good spirits. He, yeah. He's taking it by the... He's going by the book and yeah. kind of starting it from even, the bottom up. Yeah. yeah, he even has a new friend. Um, losers, I have Shiv and Tom for me. Uh, Shiv mainly because mm-hmm. uh, just her her fit with Logan and the business seems to be just a little awkward right now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like she uh, Logan is comfortable with how she's sort of integrating into the business. This and, was her first day, yeah. yeah. And, and she, she was like being brought in still... Yeah. Unofficially, officially, that's right. Weird, but it was maybe a little bit more official now than the previous episodes. Right. Um, and she's comparatively an outsider to the company. She hasn't worked yeah. there like her two brothers. Yeah. Um, and it seems like Logan is not 100% pleased. So that's why I have Shiv there. I, I agree with Shiv being a loser right. there for sure. Um, what about Tom? How do you feel about Tom? Tom, I feel like... I, I haven't... Tom has always been in the loser... I know, right? And and unfortunately, I agree with you that he's a loser here too. Yeah, not as episode. bad as Born on the Floor. Born oh, on the yeah. Floor, he was he got definitely blown the, out the bottom of the run there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel bad. Like his his realization just that he was not taken to the proper panic room. Right. Uh, also, Greg <laughs> wanting to yeah. break up with him. Yeah. Another. Yeah. Another losing point. I think Greg might be a winner. Greg's probably yeah. a winner there. Blackmails as well, yeah? Yeah. 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 Uh, he He's also on the sidelines. accosted, so. but yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Who wins Daddy's approval? Oof. Uh, Roman's out because he's not there. Roman basically does not deal with Dad. Yeah. Yeah, I think Shiv Neither is... does Connor. Yeah, I think so Shiv's we... out too because she just didn't have a great time with her dad. Yeah. So I think it by default has to be Kendall. Kendall, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think that just about concludes this episode. So in the meantime, you guys can back off. This is executive level business. Uh, this is Category 3 Podcast signing off. We will be back soon for uh, episode number five. Woo. See you guys.